Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Somewhere between science and superstition. Welcome to Strange Eons Radio, a very special Happy Halloween edition. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. That's Eric Morgan over there. Hello. That's Vanessa Williams over there. I'm Kelly Young. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we're recording this on Halloween-ish day. Yeah. Recording it? <laughs> All you guys need to know, you know Massive fast turnaround. <laughs> it's it's spooky, it's dark out, there's rain. It's basically Halloween for us. That'll work. Yeah, so um Vanessa, I've got a big surprise for you. Oh god, okay. Don't say now, it like that. I'm yeah. terrified. <laughs> Yo, Vanessa. <laughs> um, prior to you joining this podcast, every once in a while, Eric and I would start off with a little game, something I like to call The Price is Fright. No, because right? usually it was just me asking you a question, yeah. but now you're going to be playing against Vanessa for Ooh. this. Ooh. <gasps> We get to compete on note cards. Vanessa, the way this game works is um, I'm sure that you're very aware that there are these big auction houses that will auction off movie memorabilia. Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, I usually try and pick a couple of items that are priced, or not priced, but are kind of uh, in a similar vein, and then I make Eric guess what they might have been sold for. <laughs> I am going to be so wildly inaccurate on those guesses. <laughs> the, the point is that you should be bad at this because these things go for crazy amounts of money sometimes. Oh, okay. All right. So that's so, a hint. That's a hint. So uh, I think that you're going to have fun, but okay. I, I want you guys to write down your numbers so that uh, you can't see. And uh, and the winner will be chosen by me. Okay. Regardless of what your points <laughs> are. It doesn't, doesn't matter the how close you nothing. are. Right, right. Um, Vanessa, this one was a London auction house, and I know that oh. you lived over there so for a while. So we have to guess in pounds. Well, no, I was going to ask if um, all the prices were in pounds, I was hoping okay. that you could translate them to kilograms for me. <laughs> oh, hey I was, that's a level works? of humor? I was hoping you'd say dollars, and you threw me off so hard. <laughs> no, I don't know what to do. No, I, tr- I, I already did the conversion to dollars. Oh, okay. Got so. What if I go back to pounds in my answer? That would be awesome if you could do that, but I didn't actually write down the pounds part. It depends on the year. Okay. Okay. This was, these also, you should know, this just happened. Oh, okay, great. So. I think I I have a rough rough idea. Okay, so the topic (laughs) for this game is weapons from famous movies. Now, generally, I would would ask Eric to um, write down what he thought they would cost, but he would also have to figure out, um, I always choose three, and he would always have to figure out uh, the most, or least expensive to most expensive. So he would Uh put it in some kind of order and then try and give a guess of what it actually sold for. Now these actually sold for these prices too. Did I write down what they were? No, at first I was going to write down the estimate of what they thought they were going to sell for and then... How high they went above it. Right. But that's no fun because that kind of gives you an idea 
and I don't like you to have an idea. Okay, all right. <laughs> no clues. Got so, it. Okay. These are these are some good items to okay. you guys. Nice. Ones we would want in our own house. Fuck yes. Oh, okay, cool. I was like a toothpick. Hmm. So, the first item you will be bidding on is from the movie Star Wars: A New Hope. It is Luke Skywalker's production-made lightsaber. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And this was in London? <laughs> yes, this was in London, if that helps somehow. It might. Let's see. I'm going to go for... So we're talking like the hero lightsaber? Yes, it is. Shit. Now, there were a couple of them that were done that way, but this is the uh, production-made. I got to see pictures. Before we continue. Yes. Notice why I don't handwrite my notes. Oh. <laughs> it's great. You're just missing some, like you it's lift like the pen. hieroglyphics. <laughs> you lift your pen too often. I that's do. why. Yep. But it's still like if you didn't lift your pen, it would still be words. Well, also, he I was... actually have the opposite problem where I just press down for too long. <gasps> Combined, we almost have handwriting. Oh, man, let's not forget Anyways. that Eric was also raised by wolves, <laughs> and so got it. Alrighty. The second item you will be bidding on is from the movie The Matrix, yes. and it is Neo's pair of Beretta pistols. Okay. The two of them. I bet his sunglasses would, would go for more than the This pistols. is about weapons, Vanessa. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. I forgot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, hmm. All right. Hmm. And then the, the final item you will be bidding on is from the movie The Shining, Oh, it is geez. the hero axe that Good Jack Torrance uses God, to man. break down the door. Oh, that's cool. I can't believe they sold that. So uh, wow. there's an interesting story behind it, too. Uh, so what you're doing is you're putting in order um, least expensive to most expensive and then giving me a price range. And if you guys want to kind of talk it out, I'm totally fine. Like to each other? No, I don't want you to talk it out to each other. What? But I, I wouldn't mind if you wanted to like trash talk and maybe try to confuse oh. the other person. <laughs> Yeah, basketball. <laughs> Seahawks. Nobody likes Luke. <laughs> Everybody that's, likes... That's right. So Star Wars was not very good, so probably that sold for the cheapest, I guess. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Let's see. So many questions. I'm trying Locked to do in. my British conversion right, yeah, right now. Like, okay, I'm just going to go for pounds, so... You'll have well, to then how, do, how do I convert that? I don't care. <laughs> how are you like? Just this is get your out game. Your wallet and look at it. Yeah. Check on the phone. Do you want me to check on the phone? Do you want me to convert right now for you? Oh, it's too hard for Kelly to convert. I can't believe that you wouldn't just write it in, in no, the first place. I refuse. <laughs> I need a play. I need a visuals for this right now. Okay. We're what gonna, the hell is going I on? Have here? No idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I thought my kilograms joke was funny, and uh, now I'm way too far. Okay, hold on. I, I, I just need one second. Was this pre or post Brexit vote too? <laughs> well, I'm just doing it is for it today. Pounds or is it whatever well, they called gonna, what it was? I'm just going to go with the well, if it was European Union. Exactly. So if it's two thousand like ten pound dollars, then we're in a different world. It's 2019. It's, yeah, okay, exactly. Then we're good. <laughs> this this just so happened. We, it is the movies memorabilia auction from okay. 2019. If you guys want to go on and you can look at all the items that were sold there, and there's some really cool shit like actual puppets, you know, screen use puppets from Gremlins 2. There were a number of those. This came up because. In the regular news, one of these items fetched a price that normal folk 
decided they had to know about. And I was like, oh, shit. I got to go and look on this auction and see if I can make this game happen. Nice. Okay. Well, I've, I've def- I finished my conversions for okay. you. Okay. Okay. So, Eric, why don't you go first? Okay. Because, you know, I'm going to lose anyway. So. <laughs> and if talk- you were familiar with this game, you would already lose- know that. I'm just going to lose by sassing Kelly to a point where he doesn't want to put up with me anymore. You, you, you need to get happens. to know Kelly a little better. Uh, talk talk me see. through it. So I put uh, Neo as the lowest one. Okay. Just because the pedigree of Matrix movies isn't quite as strong as the other two. Okay. Okay. The Shining is kind of in a revival right now because of the new movie coming out. And mm-hmm. it's uh, constantly being brought up again and again as one of the masterpieces of horror now when before it was sort of look, overlooked. So that was number two for me is The Shining. Okay. And of course... Star Wars is Star Wars. And no matter what the people whine about with the last movie, it's still awesome. Yeah. And it, so I had that as the top selling. L- let me hear your, uh, your prices. Okay. So 200 grand for Neo, 100 grand a gun. Not much more for Shining, but 250,000 for the Shining Axe. Okay. And 1.5 million for Luke's lightsaber. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. That's a real cash flow. <laughs> Which I'm Somebody sure are all money. horribly lower than what they probably actually sold. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Now all I'm right, feeling Vanessa, nervous no, about this. No, no, no. <clears throat> so I had a very similar thought process to <laughs> oh, okay. Eric over here. So exact same order of oh. <laughs> uh, beliefs of what had what value. So Matrix Lois, then Shining uh, number two, and Star Wars number one. Similar uh, reasoning, or did you have different Exact reasoning? same reason. Oh, exact same reason. Our brains are on the same line, Uh-oh. sir. <laughs> uh, Matrix, I however, sorry. <laughs> I went for 80K, uh, 80,000 uh, pounds, which is $103,000. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so that was the <laughs> number three. Number two, The Shining Axe, 250,000 pounds, which is $324,000. Okay. And number one, uh, Star Wars New Hope. This is where we are very different. Okay. Um, and I went for 450,000 pounds, which would be 584,000. Man, you guys are so off. <laughs> no! But the auction houses would love if you were there bidding this much on this junk. So. Please say it was like a couple bucks each. So, okay, you both got the Matrix in the right spot. Okay. Oh, okay. But you could have got both of those pistols for a steal for only $7,900. Really? Holy yeah. Crap. And they're actual working Beretta pistols, too. Wow. Seriously? Why would they have that on set? Because (laughs) he has to be shooting blanks. These are the actual guns he is shooting. So they have to be working. Wow. Ah. Your second picks were wrong. The Star Wars lightsaber was second. No way. And if that gives me hope. It fetched. Does it give you a new hope? (laughs) Too easy. Okay. Low hanging. It fetched only $190,000. Wow. Well, I was closer at least. Yeah. I only Ta-da. say only $190,000 because you picked 1.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And at least I was 584,000 US dollars. <laughs> I was way closer. Yeah. Yeah. And now I feel bad because uh this number that the 
Axe sold for was amazing. They thought it was going to sell between fifty and seventy thousand dollars. Sure. But you guys both put it at second place and for more than it sold for. <laughs> it only sold for two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars. Only. But the best part of this story is Kubrick famously does not like things taken from the set and sold. And so he has things destroyed. Oh. But somebody on the set took this axe and then it got used as an axe for the next several years. Because <laughs> the guy yes. who took it was using it on his woodpile. What a good dude. Oh, you fantastic. know what? That's exactly what should happen. Uh, you I didn't buy an item, use it. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's he didn't hilarious. buy it. He just took it oh, from I'm the sorry. set. You steal he an needed, item. He needed an axe. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's yep. great. That's amazing. And so that's um, he's cool. a hero. Yeah, was this the same guy that then was able to sell it? Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, well, I'm done with this axe. I've used it a lot. I think I'll sell it. No good to me more. Oh, I'm going to put her out to pasture. <laughs> now I'll go buy a new house. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Anyway, guys, the listeners have been screaming for a game again. Eric and I used to do this at the beginning of every episode. Something oh. like this, or I would make him choose between three similar things. And, uh, and I'll, I'll try to get more of that happening in the future. I think it's kind of a fun way to, to loosen the brain and the tongue and everything like that. And everybody now is just ready to you could jump just, right into this episode, right? You could just start us with shots. It would be the same. Shots. 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 shots, 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 shots. shots. See? Damn music. We could even play that music while we're doing it. And then we really would probably be like the boo crew, right? There you go. I can use the, the audio of the music sound or game show sound effects I still have. I haven't oh, used those in a long time. Fuck. That's right. <laughs> Which we will definitely get. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of talking today, you guys. Have you seen and uh, been oh, up to? Oh, I have right? a weird little rant. Ooh. Okay. I'm ready. I'm, start I'm excited. Here. It's movie related. The My least favorite style of review, and you see it a lot. I think both of you, maybe you've used it. If you have, fine. But it's generally uh, done by Twitter reviewers. Is it short and simple? If a movie is so bad that your automatic response is, that's 90 minutes of my life, I'll never get back. Oh. 15 minutes into that goddamn movie, turn it off. You knew, you knew <laughs> long before 90 minutes was done that you were going to hate that movie. I can guarantee you, you didn't watch 89 minutes and that last minute was, that ruined the whole movie. That 90 minutes of my life is now gone. It's like... There's lots more to watch. You know what? I have. I totally am on the same page with you because, as a film editor, I'm like, if I had that mentality, I would have to have hung myself so many times by now. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, why did I watch five million hours of that film over and over again? Oh, turn it off, guys. Not good. Did something happen? I don't know. Some stupid review somebody posted somewhere. Her. Probably on, it was just the last. Probably straw. on horror everything because that's full of a lot of people who have had meant, terrible opinions. I meant uh, like for a particular movie that uh, no, nope. But, Vanessa no. and I were just talking about how you are a very passionate man, and I think that the listeners heard exactly what we meant. I'm a little scared actually after that outburst. Feel free to use that review, but I will judge you. Um, I. Yeah, and done. <laughs> now I'll judge you too. Jeez, I've been compelled. The power of Eric's compelled me. I'm completely, completely in tune with this. Well, you guys, I started watching the new Watchmen series. Oh, oh my Ooh. gosh. I am looking forward to hearing what you think. That's 60 minutes of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> oh, no. 
I don't believe you. I thought <laughs> no, you liked it. I did like it. Oh, okay. I liked it quite a bit. It is not an adaptation of the comic or the film. Okay. It takes place in 2019, which means it takes place 30-some years after the events of the comic book. Ooh, okay. And the events of the comic book are referenced a couple of times. As far as I can tell, does not star any of the characters from the comic book. We're oh, getting all okay. new characters. So it's in the uh, Watchmen cinematic universe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they haven't come right out and said that uh, Jeremy Irons is Osmandius, but he clearly is. Uh, but he's not the one that he's not the character that we know from the book. Uh, Things have changed drastically for him. Ooh. And I got to say, it's fucking dark and intense. I mean, the first episode starts with some pretty bleak stuff. And uh, historically accurate stuff, too. So you're watching <laughs> oh, my. Some, some stuff that is like, whew, okay. Ooh. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like it. That's awesome to hear. Um, a friend of mine is the VFX supervisor of that show. Ooh. I know. I was trying to get work, but pff, thanks, Keith. <laughs> no jobs yet on that guy. Wow. Oh, oh, no, actually. I, I'm actually super stoked. I was really excited to find out like how it turned out. And he he said he was actually pretty pleasantly surprised with how a lot of it went. So Because you never know with... Something where you're taking such a beloved property as it was making a movie about it was terrifying. And then I, I really like the film, yeah. but you know, well, that's cool. Then doing the we're in show. that minority. It seems almost so many people seem to have hated that movie. I thought that's it was so weird. Really it was good. So Hearing good. That, but then everyone that I know is yeah. like, no, I like the movie. Yeah. yeah so. I, I rewatched it a couple of years ago. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe I'm wrong because like, Maybe I remembered it inaccurately and I liked it, but everybody else who said it sucked. No, it's like probably by far that, that dude's best film. I can't remember his name now. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, that, that one. I mean, it was long considered to be a film that, you know, an adaptation that could not be made. It'd just be too difficult. And I don't know that Snyder really understood what the comic was about, but I do yeah. think that it was probably the best adaptation of the source material yeah. we were yeah. going to get. Yes. Yeah. I agree. I think, I think there was a lot of, there was just so much effort put into everything in the film that that really, even if it was missing some of the heart of the comic, it still really shined. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, oof, punchy. It was such a interesting looking film and I am a little bummed because the series does not look like that at all. But oh, it is not weird. a bad looking series. Oh, it's, okay. it's still very cool looking. So nice. I would say give it a try. Nice. That's awesome. HBO trying to fill that gap. Yeah, well, it's so weird because, it, you know, we just had The Boys, which is a yeah. very dark, gritty yeah. superhero story. And then this comes along, which is also a very dark, gritty superhero story in a completely different way. Right. And I think we were talking about this last week. And it's just like, you know, we're, we are okay with more superhero stuff as long as it's good. Yeah. Exactly. As long as it's a different, um, interesting, unique take on it. Sure. Give me stories all day long. It's, uh, our generations, I think, chill out. Get, let's not think about the real world, but let's have little little hints about the real world and the fun thing we're watching so that we can be cathartic and enjoy ourselves at the same time. Well, this is not little things. This has got some very blatant overtures of things that we are dealing with right now. And it's, it's really dark. And Ooh. it's stuff that, I mean... You, you're going to be like, oh, I, I know exactly what they're talking about here. 
why is it that we're <laughs> what is it about right now that we're like now we really want to know about Chernobyl <laughs> like oh, why geez. is this the year that we're like yes tell me everything <laughs> how quickly did the rubber melt I need to know I should be right there give me like real life on the ground perspectives of this is a really well told it really well so made good. show it is so I good I, it's true well on a why I'm not sure. <laughs> how was excellent. It, yes, how was excellent. It was super good. Um, so this uh, this week I actually got my mom um, starting to watch some of these thirty nights of ha- thirty one geez thirty one nights of Halloween <laughs> horror films with me, and uh, she nice. was around when I was trying to trying to fit one in one night. So I put on Shaun of the Dead. Uh, excellent and I didn't know she'd never seen a zombie film before she had no idea yeah not any zombie film not any wow. zombie movie that's a probably makes Shaun of the Dead a little less yeah, humorous because it's it's ways. so referential to Night of the Living Dead it's and- true it's true but you know I, I didn't realize until it already started that that was the case and so I was kind of trying to explain as I was going along I was like and so this references this other movie <laughs> and this is about this I'm not a fun person to watch movies around apparently but um, <laughs> but at the end of it because she was like okay well aren't there other kinds of zombies or something and we, we were talking about you know the rules of zombies and then afterwards I got to give her a quiz about zombies I was like okay so what do what how do you become a zombie how do you kill a zombie what 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 do zombies eat we went through the whole thing it was really it was really sweet thank you Shaun of the Dead for giving me that moment you sound like an awful person to watch a movie with do you quiz everybody after watching a film just my mom yeah did she enjoy it she did, yeah. I think I think she was a little lost, but she was really excited to see Bill Nighy because she really likes, yeah, because yeah, nice. she loves lo- love actually. So it was like, <laughs> oh, it's it's that guy, Bill Nighy. Yeah, that one, the the guy who's in the movies I liked. All these four <laughs> random other movies I enjoy. Oh, you mean these movies? Yes, that guy, Bill Nighy. Yes, that guy. He's he's British, right? Yes, he's British. She will never remember his name. That's okay. <laughs> so would you get up to Eric? <laughs> oh wait, no, you already told us you watched Watchmen. Would you get up to Kelly? Oh, that was me. Oh, he okay. I'm sorry. Watchmen. My brain is just on fire. I watched several. I've got only what I've got. It's another one of those ones where it's like I watched. Oh, I think this will be the movie I'm going to talk about. Oh, mm, not quite. You're really good at researching for these things. I feel like <laughs> such a failure. I'm like one and done. <laughs> I have committed. I'm going to just go all the way with this movie, whatever I hate this it is. movie, and it is still going to be my pick. Yep. Well, like the Lake Placid effect. <laughs> yep. Well, the first one I kind of went with was, and it's still a good movie, mm-hmm. but just didn't quite hit the right notes. Was Monster Squad? Oh yeah. Okay. What was movie. not good about it for you? Uh, it's a good movie. It just didn't quite hit the notes I wanted for this particular subject. Oh man, I, I watched that movie for the first time just a couple years ago, so I don't have any of the fond childhood memories, and I was I, just like, this is a dark story for kids. Like, really that kid is, is clearly yeah. getting beat by his parent. Like, that, like there is a lot of underlying yeah. stuff in there. I mean, I, no, I didn't watch it until, I don't know, maybe less than 10 years ago. I never watched it in its first run. I mean, I was surprised. Shane Black is was one of the writers. That's right, yeah. Who you know wrote the excellent and underrated Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice oh, Guys. Yeah. Nice Guys, so good. Airplane Edition. 
It was Stan Stan Winston doing the makeup for the creatures, which a really nice reimagining for Frankenstein and the creature because oh, yeah. you know you couldn't. Yeah. Universal had those uh, iconic looks, copywritten. I liked it. I didn't dislike the film. It just, it just wasn't, wasn't quite, quite what I was sure yeah. looking for. But it's still a great watch. Yeah, yeah. So. not the movie you'd watch on Halloween or. In thinking uh, of the Halloween I, I, season specifically, yes. not the pure soul. Although I did like that the mom called the Van Helsing diary the Van Halen diary. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is really good writing right there. And the, the neat scene with Frankenstein approaching the little girl in the lake, which you know ends very differently than it did in the original movie. Very any, cool. Uh, any more oh. for you? Yeah, well, uh, I did a revisit to a film I haven't seen since I saw it first in 1980. Do you guys remember a movie called Fade to Black? No. Oh, yeah. Dennis Christopher, who was coming off of, uh, what's the the film I love so much? The bike riding film that... uh, Jaws? (laughs) Oh, uh... Yes. E.T. E.T. Yes, it's rad. Oh, son of a bitch. Yes. You know the movie you're talking about. Breaking but. Away. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, no, it's not Breaking Away. Not Breaking. Certainly not Breaking 2. No. It's Breaking Away, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> um, he had just come off of that, which was a real sleeper hit. And so for his next film, he chose to play a very odd, very odd. Uh, film buff who was super nerdy and living with a dominating aunt who there was some weird stuff going on there. Like maybe she was doing something to him when he was a kid or something Ooh. like that. Yeah. Uncomfortable film. Yeah. He's very nerdy and he just finally breaks and decides he's going to kill all the people who have been bothering him. It would have been a, a really good pick for the serial killer episode actually. Oh. But uh, his thing is, he dresses up like the villains in the movies he loves and oh. kills the people that way. Oh my so God, that's so cool. Dresses up like uh, Dracula at one point and like a mummy. And uh, oddly, the creepiest is he dresses up as Hopalong Cassidy at one point <laughs> and he's got a weird Hopalong Cassidy mask and it is fucking creepier than any Jason mask or something like that. Ooh. So. Anyway, I, I watched it again. I loved it again. He's he's infatuated with this woman he meets who looks just like Marilyn Monroe, and he's got this thing for Marilyn Monroe, but who doesn't? And uh, it, it's got a really neat, uh, weird ending that makes a ton of sense that takes place uh, above Grau's Chinese theater, yeah. and it's just, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Fade to Black. Well worth watching. Amazing. Impossible to find. Uh, I had to actually really? dig out my DVD, which is a double feature with, um, I think, Gates of Hell or something like that. Because yeah. I, I went to just, you know, nice. I've gotten so <laughs> used to just streaming everything that uh, I went searching for that. It's not streaming anywhere. And then I pulled out the disc and uh, I noticed there was like a little warp on it. And I was thinking, huh, I hope this oh, plays okay. And it did. Oh, that's good. But... Uh, I went on to look like on Amazon to see if I could just rent it or something like that. No, but available there for like four hundred dollars. Oh my god! If you wanted to buy it, rip it, rip it right now, <laughs> rip it before Discord gets to it. That one's surprising because I've because I know it's got a huge cult following. Yeah, I would think it'd have something. Yeah, that's really wild. It's probably there's probably a million copies on eBay going for like ten bucks each that are like terrible rips. No, well, oh, uh, like yeah, could be CDR versions. Yeah, of them. exactly. <laughs> 
I would talk more about other things I've watched, but I've honestly been far too busy. Working out. I yeah. This Crypticon Film Festival started up uh, taking submissions again this last week. Oh, so wow. I've kind of been doing the yeah. same sort of. Exactly. Yeah. I've been production for a, a short project that I put out and it's just, yeah, taking all my time. I've not slept in a lot. <laughs> long time. Long we'll, time. We'll let it slide this time. Thank you. That's I appreciate right. it. I appreciate it. Well, should we just slide in there? Or speaking well, of sliding. Let me uh, just mention a different yeah, movie that definitely. I watched that I also revisited. Uh, Amityville 2, oh. The Possession. Okay. Is this the original Amityville 2 or the remake? <laughs> Is there a remake Amityville too? I think there is. I no, that I don't isn't. know. There's definitely a remake Amityville. Yeah, there's really like bad, nine too. films and in the, the franchise Amity now. And there's the Amity LLC or I don't know. There's so many ghosts. <laughs> oh, you're whatever. thinking Hell House LLC. I know. I know. I'm just saying there. I'm sure there's also some dumb So this is like series. an 80s film or something. Yeah, this okay. is from 1982 if I remember correctly. It is not great. It's still 100 times better than the original. i I really hate that people have uh, said that this is a classic film. And you mean the, the original? The, the original Amityville Horror. It is a shit show of a film. It's awful. Bad acting by really good actors. Mm. Bad writing. Uh, nothing scary happens. Oh, this is a little more interesting hmm. in that it pretends to be a prequel. So oh. you're getting the, oh, that's right. the yeah. murders of the family that lived there first. Nice. Only... They completely change how the murders go down, and they they have this bizarre. I don't remember the bizarre incestuous relationship that the brother and the sister have. What? But it did kind of make the movie a little more interesting because <laughs> honestly, I was like, "Jesus, this is stupid." And, I, and then then he kind of makes a move on her, and they start making out, and I was like, "Well, okay, this got a little more interesting. What the fuck is going on here?" And, and it's because he's you know. A demon possessed kid, and she's just horny. Uh, no, she seems pretty uncomfortable with the whole thing. Oh, okay. So you know, and right. so that puts a weird twist into the story. Then he goes around and and forty minutes in, he kills everybody. And I thought, well, I kind of thought this was where this was going to climax. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> he goes to jail, and the family priest then. Has to try and exercise him. Oh my gosh! From the jail, and when that's not working, he oh breaks God. him out, and then brings him back to the house to try and. Do, and then, oh what? god, it just turns into this bizarre fucking movie. Oh my! God. It was so much more entertaining than the first wow. film or any of the other films in oh the franchise. So, if you haven't seen uh, Amityville Two: The Possession in a while, you should check that out. That sounds wonderfully awful. Yeah, wow. it's a good one for Halloween. Okay, so with that being said, let's take a break. We'll hear from our sponsors, and we will be right back. Halloween Toys R Us doesn't miss a trick, and the prices are a treat. We've got costumes for all Toys R Us kids, even grown-ups, and loads of candy, makeup, masks, and more. Toys R Us will make your Halloween supernatural. <laughs> And we're back. I like it when we get in nice, clean entry back into the show. 
<laughs> Eric, yeah. this was your choice. That's right. Movies that make you feel and think about Halloween. But like I was saying last night, when, last time when I introduced this concept, we've got we watch horror films year round. Yeah. So the idea of it being Halloween now, I'll watch horror is very foreign to us. <laughs> so for me, the idea of Halloween strikes a weird note of nostalgia, childhood, and fear, which is this weird mm. combination that I always kind of like to find something that represents that. Because, you know, I'm going to watch horror films in mm. November, too, and December, and all the rest of the months. Sure. Yeah. So I was looking through and considering a few of those. And uh, last week, we talked or talked about episodes that took place on Halloween. Right. Well, my original thought for that, and I'll go ahead and say the movie now, is Lady in White. Lanky, where are you going? To school. Halloween, 1962. The problems of the world were a universe away from a place called Willow Point Falls. Or maybe that was only the way it seemed. Are you hurt? That was the Halloween Frankie Scarlatti didn't make it home. which takes place partially on Halloween and then some other days afterwards. Well, rewatching the movie, mm-hmm. it's a lot goofier than I remember. Oh, really? Mm. There's a lot of strange humor in it. There's a lot of intentional humor, and there's a lot of unintentional humor, I think. <laughs> uh, like the grandfather who threatens to drown himself because grandma won't let him smoke anymore. And so there's a shot of the guy... With a full bathtub, and he's bent over it with his face in the water. And grandmother yells in something about, oh, your cigarettes are in your pocket. So they've fallen out into the <laughs> bathtub while he's trying to kill himself. And great little, and that's a great intentional humor moment. And there's a lot of other weird, goofy, fun things, like with the little kids and stuff like that. This actually really now makes me... And then there's also some legitimate creepy moments. So I was like, huh, this fits the bill perfectly for this concept. So I'm like, okay, I got to watch this because I know I'm picking this subject. So I'm moving it to that. Mm. So let's get back to the numbers here before we go into the movie more. I watched this on a service called Hoopla, which is now the... I don't know if it's true in all cities, but it's labeled as King County Library Systems app. So you can borrow movies and ebooks and comic books and music. It's not the greatest, smoothest app. Search engine is truly bizarre. <laughs> but uh, that's the place I could find to watch it easiest. Hmm. 
And uh, the ratings for this one, 67 critics, 69 crowd. So fairly, fairly even on that. It was budgeted at 4.7 million. This was not a box office hit at 1.7 million directed and written by Frank. Okay. La La Gogi. <laughs> La Logi. <laughs> sure. Oh. He directed the 1981 Fear No Evil and uh, 95 Mother. I use the years because there's a lot of movies with those two names. Right. I was going to say, wait, Mother. Oh, okay. Good. No, no. Definitely gotcha. not that one. Uh, starring Luke Haas. Who- Lucas. You're right. So you know who this is. The Revenant, Inception, Zoolander, tons of films. This guy's been in a ton of stuff. Would you like to guess at the next actor, Len? I don't remember. Carew? Uh, he's the older guy. He's in Blue Bloods, Executive Decision. Wow. Stuff like that. Alex Rocco, who has done just a few films, like The Godfather, and of course, Dream a Little Dream. <laughs> Two classics together there. <laughs> uh, Catherine Helmond. Who I got to admit was a little off-putting because she's so recognizable from yeah. Who's the Boss and Soap, Soap and she's kind of the she's the lady in white. So it's a little oh, weird seeing weird. her kind of as the ghost. So I'm sure if you're watching this now and you're under forty, you probably won't have that reaction. <laughs> the idea is an author is telling the story of how when he was a little kid growing up in the '60s, early '60s, small town, he's haunted after witnessing the murder of a little girl. Uh, the opening, I got to tell you, is right of a Spielberg movie. And it's sweet, old-timey kind of, mm-hmm. everything was wonderful then. But then there's two really nasty bullies who decide they're going to lock this kid up in the coat closet over and just leave him there. Overnight, basically, is what it ends up being. And in the evening, this is where one of the creepy scenes comes in, where he witnesses this ghost of a little girl getting murdered in Ooh. the coat closet. Whoa. And she's like, uh. So it's got really solid creepiness to it he notices in the in the attack something falls out and disappears down the vent well the next morning somebody comes in to get into the vent a real person arrives in the vent to take something out of it uh because apparently this was going to be um they're redoing the duct system over the halloween break or something and it's a very dark story which is probably where there's some of the humor because uh He's not just a, he's a sexual child predator. Doesn't just kill, he's also a sexual predator. At times there, it's narrated a lot, which, you know, is give or take. Some movies it works real well, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes this works really well, sometimes it's really dramatic. Wonderfully clumsy scene of of exposition when he sits there and reads a newspaper. (laughs) What's going on? It's like, oh, all right. And part of why this also didn't fit in as a, creepy halloween night is it's heavy in the melodrama too mm. that those dramatic moments are very dramatic mm. um, it has that strange late 50s early 60s nostalgia that was so popular through the 80s mm-hmm. which spielberg probably did best and a whole lot of other people tried to do as well then the outside of the lady in white's house they're very obviously in a studio the outdoor scenes are very much studio looking woods and stuff so it, it it creates this weird surrealism around the stuff as well so when it's light it's pretty light and it's kind of goofy and fun almost mm-hmm. it's got that weird nostalgia thing i was talking about which isn't a time period i'm necessarily nostalgic for myself but has that element to it 
And then there are moments like when they get to the lady in white's house and some stuff there near the endings and stuff where it's very creepy. Mm. The ending is very creepy, which I think is what sticks with most people remembering it being very scary is the ending is very well executed with mm. creepiness. So that's why for me, this fits that Halloween feel. Ooh. Boy, when it's goofy, it's really goofy. <laughs> I just watch this again because I hadn't watched it in years. It's one I actually own too. But I'm going, hmm, this is not quite how I remembered it being. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember much of it at all, if I'm being honest. But I do remember liking it when I saw it, which was, you know, right when it came out. Oh, okay. So. so. Yeah, I I just bought a Blu-ray copy of it from Shout Factory, which is I'm planning on watching uh, very shortly here. Good. Since it's Halloween, probably today. So I'm excited to see how this pans out. (laughs) And the Academy Award for Best Actress goes to (laughs) Vanessa Williams. (laughs) I've been waiting for this day all my life. First, a Tony or an Oscar. I don't know. I don't know what Vanessa Williams has award wise. <laughs> now, finally, not just a singing award. Anyways. <laughs> so that's my first pick. Who would like to go next? Uh, I can go next unless you want to. No, you're more than welcome to. All right. This turned out to be a, um, a difficult choice for me. Ooh. Not because I don't have go-to movies, but because... I have very specific go-to movies for Halloween, and we've already talked about them. Oh, Sometimes sure. ad nauseum. Uh, uh, <laughs> Trick or Treat, the uh, the metal yes. Halloween. Yes. I love one. that, it's and I watch that so all the time, oh but God. especially around Halloween. Yeah. Uh, the Charlie Sheen movie, The Wraith. I've never yeah. seen that. Oh, but it's you have awful. the soundtrack, too, as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. It's stupid as hell, but I love it. <laughs> or I, you know, I would go with uh, Creepshow, the oh, original sure. Creep show, but in the spirit of the podcast, I was like, "Look, I think that everybody who listens to this podcast probably loves Creep Show." So, what I decided to go with is Creep Show Two. Five years ago, Stephen King and George Romero, two masters of the macabre, created their hallmark of horror, Creep Show. Many would argue that nothing of significance has happened since until now. Maybe you don't get out much. Oh, this is crazy. This is totally crazy. Maybe you're always running late. I gotta go. Or maybe you just have other things on your mind. They gotta make me a movie star. But if you only make it to one scary film all year, make it one you remember all year long. Ah! Creep Show. Just sit there. I'm gonna swim for it right now. Walk. Run. Swim if you have to. I got you! But whatever you do, don't take your time. Because the scares come twice as quickly in. I beat you! Creep show two. From 1987, uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics, 33%. <laughs> audience, 40%. Ooh. This is not Thanks a great audience. movie, but I'm going to try and um, and f- fight for it here because okay. I, I kind of like it. I can't remember if I've seen this one or not, but I will 
figure it out as we go along. Okay. So it was directed by Michael Gornick, who was the cinematographer for Creepshow. And he's done uh, several Tales from the Dark Side episodes, Monsters, if you remember that series. Uh, He directed episodes of Golden Years, which was a Stephen King TV series, if you guys kind of remember that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and in other capacities, he has worked on The Stand, Langoliers, oh, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Martin, and Knight Riders. Wow. Yeah, so George Romero, buddy. Yes. And that is why he's got this role, because you'll remember Creepshow was Romero and yeah. King's thing. Yeah. The stories were by Stephen King, but the screenplay is by George Romero. Mm-hmm. Oh. The budget on this was $3.5 million, and the box office was $14 million. Wow. That's right. pretty good. But let me just say this. In 1981, the budget for Creepshow was $8 million. In 1987, the budget for Creepshow 2, <laughs> $3.5 million, uh. which would explain why it does not look nearly as good uh. as Creepshow. Yeah. Uh, it stars George Kennedy in one of the segments, uh, Holt McCallany, and he's the guy from Mindhunter now. Oh. He plays yeah. the uh, the Indian with long hair that's going to take him to Hollywood. Eric's <laughs> looking at me with a glassy look, which, so I, I'm guessing you have I, not seen I was waiting for, for a character from Mindhunter when you did that description. It's like, what? No, no, no. <laughs> he's the, um, the real burly okay. uh, agent in Mindhunter. Uh, Dorothy Lamore in her last film, and Tom Savini, who actually plays the the creep in this. Uh, it's got three segments. So the first segment is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> it is called Old Chief Woodenhead, oh. and it's basically a revenge story about a um, well. George Kennedy and his wife have like a tiny little corner store on the. Indian reservation and he gets killed by uh, these kind of punks who live out there and his cigar store Indian that stands on the porch outside the store comes to life and takes revenge. Whoa. And uh, a lot of people hate this episode and hate creep show because of this episode, you know, cite racism, all of this stuff. I uh, can't argue any of that stuff. But if you're one who can watch movies and understand that, you know, well, this was a different time, then, you know, it still is fairly effective. It's got some pretty creepy scenes in it. And I actually like the look of the wood Indian moving around. It's obviously just a man in a costume, but it's, it's effective. The second segment is called The Raft. Everybody Ah. fucking loves this segment. This segment, to me, is far more problematic because (laughs) there is a very rapey scene in it uh, (laughs) where this guy is basically molesting this girl while she's asleep. It's about these college kids who go out to this this little tiny lake that has a floating raft in the middle of it, and uh, it's after the summer has ended, so it's like the first weekend in September or something like that, and... Nobody is out there anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point because they are going out there to smoke some doobies and listen to some music and swim and get laid. <laughs> and there is something out in the water there, this oily black thing that uh, is, is pretty fucking cool. It, uh, it 
kind of gets a hold of you and then strips you of your flesh and uh, basically eats you like some kind of radioactive like blob. Yeah, it's it's Water pretty fun. Great. This, yes, I have seen this one, but I don't think I've seen it since the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it is a good very. Very Stephen King segment. In fact, yeah. it's based on a story from Skeleton Crew, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it's got this big rape scene, basically, Ooh. in the middle of it. And nobody talks about that. So what gives <laughs> all you people who are worried about this kind of stuff? This is the reason you should not like this movie. Mm. Not the overt racism in the first segment. Uh. <laughs> Well, you're, you're selling me. Uh, you're yeah, selling this say, one. Uh, <laughs> not sure that I will okay, be watching then. this one today. The <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate how you're really leaning into this. Paint, paint in the picture. Yeah, it's, it's Halloween. Um, the third segment is called the Hitchhiker, and this is where the catchphrase "Thanks for the ride, lady" comes from. That everybody knows about this movie, and it's a lady who is uh, late to get back to her house because she's having a fling with some male gigolo that she's paying. She takes off uh, racing home in her Mercedes and hits a hitchhiker on the side of the freeway and then decides to run. But she keeps seeing this hitchhiker and she keeps hitting him and he keeps taking the damage. So every time she sees him, he's bloodier and less human looking. At one point, you know, he's all mangled and he's on his her windshield thanks for the ride lady <laughs> oh <laughs> my God. and it's very much a um a morality story all of these things are that's that's the way creep show works and that's yeah. because it's a, a rip off of the old uh tales from the crypt series mm. it is probably the reason that the creep show television series is not working because we had Tales from the Crypt after yeah. Creepshow and Creepshow 2. Mm-hmm. And Tales from the Crypt really nailed down what Creepshow was doing. Yeah, yeah, they did. And the Creepshow television series is not doing that. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. Anyway, I got a little bit of trivia on this. Ooh. There were supposed to be five segments in this, like the first Creepshow, but they were running over long. They were running out of money, and so two of them were not filmed. One of them was a bowling segment where a a <laughs> undead bowling team comes and bowls against the team that uh, that caused them to be murdered on their tour bus. Oh, that's an interesting story. It's, sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, the second segment was, or the second segment that was not filmed, is called the Cat from Hell. And if you have seen the movie Tales from the Dark Side, it was filmed for that and starred uh, Buster Poindexter as a hitman who was hired to kill this cat. And it turns out, well, Romero also directed Tales from the Dark Side, and it was supposed to be the actual Halloween or uh, Creepshow 3. For whatever reason, they decided to rebrand it as Tales from the Dark Side. (laughs) I don't know why. It's Hmm. very odd. But, uh, so there's that. Uh, Romero always said that Tales from the Dark Side was the official Creepshow 3. Little bit of other trivia here. Barbara Eden, TV's genie, <laughs> was supposed to be the driver in The Hitchhiker. Oh. Um, something happened right before she, shooting. and Did she hit a hitchhiker? <laughs> no, I think she... I think <laughs> She's she, like, it's too close to home. I think she broke her foot or something, if I remember wow. correctly. And she Pressing just wasn't the gas to too hard, eh? <laughs> 
Sorry. Um, in the raft, method actor. One of the girls is wearing a Horlicks University shirt, <laughs> which I thought was great because Crate from the first Creep Show takes place at Horlicks University. Oh yeah. So That's there's a neat right. little tie-in there. And then my favorite bit of trivia: we always joke about this, and we've all been on movie sets and everything. Um, by the time shooting began at the end of the first day, they were 10 days behind schedule. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that no. is impressive. Yeah. I love shit like that. <laughs> Explains a lot. So I chose this because I – well, the films that I wanted to choose I've already spoken about. But also I then pulled back and I was like, okay, what movie makes me think about Halloween coming up and everything? Because – to be honest, I don't do a lot of re-watching movies anymore because yeah. there's so many good new movies out. I'm just trying to catch up. Yeah. And so I thought, well, what makes me think of Halloween back then? And this came out when my buddy and I, uh, we had vehicles and we were going to the drive-ins every weekend <laughs> and watching movies. And, and my buddy Adam had a souped up, uh, like a, I don't know what it was, a 70 or a 71 Nova that had the, you know, oh, the jacked up rear end and all that. And I remember we went and saw Creep Show 2 at the drive-in and uh we had a good time with the whole thanks for the ride, lady. Nostalgia. Yeah. And and that was right around uh Halloween if I remember correctly. Probably the end of the summer, I guess, because they would have closed yeah. the drive-in. This is why I chose this. I didn't hate it. Nice. I didn't love it, hmm. but it did remind me of Halloween. Oh. Very cool. That's really cool. Well, I guess it's my turn. Um, so <laughs> well, it doesn't happen. Yet, I guess <laughs> you guys want to go again. Episode over. <laughs> that was just the practice round. <laughs> no, for real. Um, so the movie that I chose was um, is called Halloween Tree. It was a small town by a small river and a small lake in a small northern part of a Midwest state. There wasn't so much wilderness around that you couldn't see the town. On the other hand, there wasn't so much town around that you couldn't see and feel and touch the wilderness. The town was full of fences to walk on and sidewalks to skate on and the muted cries and laughter of boys and girls full of costume dreams and pumpkin spirits preparing for the greatest night of the year better than Easter, better than Christmas, Halloween. Have either of you seen this movie? Yes, a long time ago. Yeah, okay, so um, I love this movie. It's just rewatching every time I rewatch it, it impresses me more and more how great it is. So it's an animated, um, kind of a straight to uh, TV slash cassette um, kids kids movie um, done by Hanna Barbera. It came out in 1993, and it's it's 69 minutes, so it it runs a little little bit shorter than most films but um you know I, i'm sure it played across probably like an hour and a half or two hours on tv something like that it's based off of the ray bradbury novel which is written in 72 also called halloween tree which i have not read but 
It's maybe, so good. Maybe tonight I will. <laughs> tonight Halloween night, you mean? Yes. Oh. I mean, perfect tonight, night. Two movies and a book. <laughs> How long is your Halloween? As long as it needs to be. 365 days. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> it was coming. Except for leap year, then it's 364. <laughs> I'm way too specific with this joke. (laughs) The actual the audience award or come on words. The audience award for Rotten Tomatoes (laughs) goes to goes to eighty five percent. That's pretty good. There's no critic um, on there. I also have no idea what the budget or the return would have been since it's a TV TV flick. Um, But I do know that we have some really awesome talents involved in this it stars <laughs> drum roll please <laughs> oh, right it's narrated by ray bradbury which is pretty neat yeah. oh that's cool yeah and it stars leonard nimoy as mr Mund- Mundshroud. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So those you got have those two voices going back and forth. And actually, the first time that I heard that, I thought that Leonard Nimoy was the narrator because the narrator does sound a little bit like Brad Bradbury does actually sound a little bit like Leonard Nimoy. Oh. And Leonard Nimoy, and this does not sound like Leonard Nimoy until you realize it's Leonard Nimoy because he's doing a <laughs> lot of like character acting. Man, I I know this film and I like this film and I don't think I ever realized that was Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah, huh. it's pretty crazy. He does a really good, crazy, weird old man slash monster guy. Now, did you watch this on your own copy or did you? How else could, do you know if this so, could be seen? Um, yeah. So the best way to get a hold of this would be. Uh, I, th- I think you can buy it now on DVD on Amazon, but for a long time I could not find it anywhere. So I have a VHS copy I got from oh. eBay, of course, <laughs> and nice. uh, and you can find it on some streaming platforms that probably shouldn't be. Well, no, actually I couldn't find it. No, I take that back. I couldn't find it on YouTube. So uh, this time around, I actually did pay for it again because it's worth it on Amazon. So you can get it for, I think, $4 rental or it only like an SD version exists. But I think they updated it at some point because it does actually look really good. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's um, the thing that struck me when I first uh, started rewatching it again is just how beautiful it is. And the music in it is absolutely amazing. It's unbelievably gorgeous and I had to look up who did it because I was like this is too good of a score and um, the the composer is John uh, Deb- Debney I can't read my own handwriting let me ask, help you ask no, Eric to pronounce it <laughs> right just wait for the wait for our listeners to call us in they'll give us the answers That's right <laughs> in uh, angry letter form later um, but he's done a ton of stuff so um, he did he actually did the Orville <laughs> So the TV, the current the, TV series. Oh, okay. Yeah, he um, he did the Jobs movie, Steve, uh, the Steve Jobs movie. He did Greatest Showman, Beach Bum, Isn't It Romantic, Dora the Explorer. He's, <laughs> I mean, like he does everything. He basically is the composer that people go to. He's done like oh, two hundred and five titles. Wow, listed for Jeez. him. So he just knocked this out of the ballpark it is just this it has an amazing composed track that takes you all the way through the story is of um four friends four childhood friends who are getting ready on halloween and they're going to go out trick-or-treating and they're on their way to go grab their kind of uh kids leader 
Pip. He's their, the friend that they all want to impress, the one who's the best among them, the, the boy <laughs> star. They really go into how amazing this kid is, like right up top. I'm like, you guys got to lean off how great Pip is. Come on. He's fine. He's I'm sure. Pip. Pip, first of all. <laughs> Then um, so we're we're following these four kids and they're on their way to go get this friend of theirs, and when they arrive at his house, there's an ambulance parked out front, and there's uh, they said it's weird because there's no Halloween decorations. How come there's no Halloween decorations? Something must be terribly wrong, and so there's this weird kind of almost fantastical nostalgic thing where instead of just saying oh hey there's a tragedy and something's wrong and we can tell simply because of the ambulance they lead into it in this really beautiful way that I think is very Bradbury where they give you some kind of clue that kids would kids would pick up on right if something isn't decorated for a holiday then there's something wrong going on in there so I thought that was really neat it sounds kind of hokey when they say it out loud but when if you think about a kid watching it it actually is pretty powerful Uh, so they show up at the house um, their friend is (laughs) being hauled off and they go up to the front door and there's a note left for him uh, for them from him saying I've had some trouble with the old appendicitis so (laughs) go on and trick or treat without me get on and I'm like at what point did this kid have time to write this note? Um, but he's very considerate. <laughs> and pins it to the door. He's like, hold on, ambulance. i got to put this note up for my friends. They're going to be here any second now. Um, they think they see him, though, off in the woods, because they're like, maybe this is some kind of prank. This is just too crazy for him to be getting hauled off in this um, in this gurney. So um, they see him running through the woods, and so they start chasing after him, and they end up at this old spooky house um, which has this giant tree out front that is a tree filled with pumpkins and the pumpkins each have their own um, face carved in them they're all very different and essentially they represent individual souls Um, they go up to the front of the house uh, knock on the door the house is very haunted very alive very dark and spooky I mean (laughs) as they go up the stairs they start to like move around like old broken piano keys and they have to like race up them they dare each other to knock on the front door and of course we get uh, Mr. Munshroud who arrives and invites them in and we begin the tale of um, following the adventure of what the true meaning of Halloween is so he kind of looks them up and down, looks at all their costumes and says, well, what are you supposed to be, you dumb kids? You don't even know what these <laughs> costumes symbolize. One's a skeleton, one's a monster, one's a witch, and one's a mummy. He's like, you don't even know what Halloween is. Like, you guys are, you kids are dumb. And I was, I think this is part of the reason why I like this movie so much. I'm like, yeah, why do we do the things we do? We should, we should know context and appreciate it. He's like, you don't even know what Halloween's about. You need to get out of my hair. I am late, late for a very important date. And it's very, very like Alice in Wonderland feel at this point. And you can tell there's some kind of mysterious, mythical thing going on. And essentially, they see their friend um, up in his tree trying to get a pumpkin that has his face on it, which basically represents his soul so the friend is a little see-through indicating basically we're seeing a spirit he's basically you know on death's door and he's trying not to die and so um the kids don't get this at all though they have no idea of why um their friend is in this situation they really want to help him grab his pumpkin 
Um, and the friend disappears in this sort of tornado and Mr. Um, Munchroud decides to go after him. And they say, we want to go with you. And he says, actually, okay, why don't you come with me? You can help me get this friend of yours. <laughs> I definitely don't want him for nefarious reasons. I don't have his pumpkin soul on my tree for literally no reason. It's fine. Don't worry. I'm a good guy. Why don't you come along? And he takes them through four different ages, four different periods of history that show off different aspects of Halloween and things that we celebrate today. So um, they go through the Salem uh, witch trials. Well, actually, it's not quite the Salem witch trials. It's a little little bit different. It's Stonehenge. So they're kind of hinting at some stuff, but not quite square on the nose. They go to Egypt and talk about mummification and tombs and um, the feast of, I can't read my handwriting if it says guests or That's gifts okay. you know Leave what I a mean. segment or two <laughs> right it'll be fine uh they go to france notre dame and they look at um the gargoyles and they talk about what it is to be a monster and what to be grotesque and then they go to uh they end on mexico where they are talking about de, de, de los <laughs> muertos <laughs> <laughs> day of the dead day of the dead talking about day of the dead um and it's just this really in each location they they see their friend pip and they're trying to chase him down and at each location whoever is in the costume a learns about what their costume's about but b um has this kind of touching moment where they confess to pip something that they feel bad about that they did that they regret having done to him um so it's this weirdly emotional like roller coaster that you're going on until you get to the end where you get the loudest, proudest kid named Tom who basically said, you know, I really wished ill will against you and wanted to be the leader and you're always the leader. So I wanted something bad to happen to you and I'm really sorry. And it's really unbelievably oddly touching. It's super crazy. It's fantastical. It's dark as hell um it's semi-educational at the time i saw it as a uh, younger person i thought it was like really teaching me stuff but now that i've seen it again i'm a little like "Mm, well that's kind of right it actually won an emmy for uh best or outstanding writing in an animated program that year I couldn't recommend it enough. The reason why i i chose this piece and i'm not going to spoil it by the way whether or not they somehow do or do not save Pip. But I will say they they do kind of make this amazing sacrifice to potentially help him out. It's so good! I Should was I... a little surprised when you said it was Hanna-Barbera because yeah. it is really a pretty movie. It's pretty. And Hanna-Barbera does shit animation. I know, <laughs> I know. It's, it's stunning. Like, the painting in it is really good. The animation isn't always, like, super... The movement isn't necessarily 100% the best, but the actual art is just great. Like, I, I was really impressed watching this film again. Um, the reason why I chose this is uh, I, I watched, I caught part of it on TV um, in real time as a younger person. And I'd gone to like eight years of Catholic school. So everything I knew about <laughs> Halloween was very Catholic oriented, which isn't to say that it's not cool. I mean, we have like All Souls Day, All Saints Day, All Hallows Eve, all that kind of stuff. So we do like to spread out the Halloween. Do like to party at those We like to talk about the dead a lot. It's pretty neat, guys. It was always one of my favorite. Well, it was definitely always my favorite holiday. But um, to get to watch something um, that really showed me 
a lot more context of these things that society had just been buying into and to show it in such a sort of, you know, there's, there's uh, pumpkins and there's leaves falling across and there's kids and their outfits. And, you know, it's very nostalgic in that way that you guys have been talking about earlier where it's got that almost 1950s feel to it via eighties. Um, although this was 1983, but it has that feeling to it where they're really like Americana, uh, perfect little setting, little village. It's like you saw it in Michael's and you bought it because you were like, yeah, that's perfect. Great representation of something I like. Just spent way nice. too much money. So it, it to me, it just really represented Halloween. And then as I got older, um, I've, I've every single year I now watch it on Halloween because it's just that's cool. Yeah. I'll have to watch it tonight. That's <laughs> on Halloween. So you said you've read the book? Yes. Do you remember the movie well enough to know if it's a good interpretation of the book? I don't, but I do remember that I like the movie quite a bit. Uh, I I think that I must have seen it when it aired on television, and I'm sure it was over, yeah, like an hour and a half or maybe even two hours. This was, you know, way before Cartoon Network or anything like that. Oh, yeah. This was like a special, like a Sunday night special or something. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with... um, (laughs) Halloween tree? Halloween tree? Ray Bradbury? Ray Bradbury. <laughs> Let me say that again. Yeah, you can't go wrong with Ray Bradbury. Yeah, like I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because when you chose this, my initial thought was, oh, I'm going right to uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Mm, sure. ah. And then I started watching it, and I was like bored to tears. Oh, no. And I, re- I remembered up. that. Is this a cartoon as well? No, no. it was a Disney movie. Oh. And the thing is, it's fucking fantastic looking and right. acted and everything. But it's just a bore. Oh, no. It is so ripe for a remake or another adaptation of it or something because yeah. it's such a great story. But they did not capture that in the film. Oh, man. That's I would say that this one, um, the the only downside of it is it's death. I mean, it's not even downside to me, but for adult viewers, it's definitely a kid's movie. Like, it, there's a lot of cheesy things. There's a lot of things where it's like, come on, kids. You don't see that the your friend is dead Come on. Well, you just said whether you weren't going to say whether they succeeded or not. I'm actually not really giving it away. I'm I'm, I'm telling you. So he lives. (laughs) I'm not going to give that away either. Your friend who's see-through, who is in a spirit format currently, is not doing so hot and maybe isn't perhaps corporeal. And yet. I still think, I mean, you know, young adult fiction is gigantic right now. But if you want to introduce your kids to scary writing you cannot do better than Ray Bradbury I I really wish I'd read him as a kid because I I read a lot of R.L. Stein but I didn't yeah Bradbury um he doesn't fuck around you know he thinks kids should know about death and stuff like that and I kind of agree and this is so this is 93 this is maybe only four years after did you guys ever watch Ray Bradbury theater Mm mm-mm I don't think I did. Oh, man. It was just uh, every episode was a one-hour adaptation of a story of his. And some of them, Mm. not great. Some of them, really great. So Mm. if you're a Bradbury fan, you should search those out. That makes me want to go find those again. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe we can watch them tonight. What, tonight? (laughs) On Halloween. How many episodes is it? 43? (laughs) All right. The three of us just hanging out on Halloween? Right. I, 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 I if you don't put that. Halloween sound effects in this, I'm going to be highly disappointed. Don't count on it. Oh, <laughs> I'll loan you my uh, chills just... of the Haunted Mansion, Disneyland, I, I have LB. A, LB. Oh. I have that one too. 
Uh, I got to say, this actually nailed, like you guys nailed what I was going for. It's kind of an abstract idea of genre. We've been a little bit more specific in the past. Yeah. I think it's cool that this worked really well and also will help expand, hopefully, our thinking of the genre things we can do. Because, you know, at some point it's going to be, well, we've done 45 episodes on ghosts. Oh, you guys <laughs> have no idea. I have a list of genre ideas and some of it's like um oh you're gonna have to choose a movie with this actor in it Ooh. or something yes, like that definitely you know? yeah so no I i'm in we are in uh we've no, got options yeah no worry about running out of <laughs> options awesome. uh speaking of which it is my turn now and we're gonna are we gonna do something we've done before after yes. i said that we're, abs- <laughs> we're absolutely going to revisit one of my favorite subgenres that we did but it'll be brand new for Vanessa and this is the uh, WTF movie again love this subject too so the way this works Vanessa is just a it's a catch all for any weird movie that you wouldn't be able to actually (laughs) figure out what the subgenre is like last time Eric chose uh, City of Lost Children and I chose The Dark Backward okay and Which was just, great for me because I had never seen that before. Ah, I, like, I finally, City of Children finally watched it. Oh, no, okay. City of Lost Children yeah. I played for a long time. But I'd always wanted to watch The Dark Backwards. I finally did. And that is one fucked up movie. It is. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know what you would, what subgenre you would call that. Or even City of Lost Children. I mean, that's yeah. like, I guess in the broadest sense, fantasy. Yeah. Hmm. But it's so bizarre and dark. That was a great pick. So, yeah, cool. this is just. Um, Kind of whatever you want, but it's nice. got to be a little weird. Okay, I have literally no idea what I'm going to choose, but I'm excited. Cool. Okay. This sounds like a great challenge. Yeah. Excellent. So, uh, hey guys, thanks everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We'll see Happy you Halloween. in one week when we're talking about, uh, what the fuck? WTF? <laughs> Question mark. Five star reviews. List of movie. Thanks. <laughs> Eric out. Our show is recorded somewhere high above Naval Station Everett at the nexus of all realities and is engineered and produced by Eric Margaret. Our theme music is Strange Eons Part 1 by the band Nightshade and is used with permission. Find Strange Eons Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and wherever fine podcasts are found.